Welcome to WebRush, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to WebRush. This is episode 204. Wow, 204. Building apps in 60 minutes or less using Firebase and Google Cloud Platform with Katerina Skrumpelow, one of our great returning guests. I'm John Papa, along with Craig Shoemaker, and I'm really excited today to, to learn more about how you can build apps, like really quickly, like really good apps too. Craig, do you like do you like building real apps, like good apps? I only like building real, real good apps, and only if you can do it within an hour, because otherwise, there's just no point. Yeah, I mean, like if you have if you have to spend like a year building an app, like we used to do in the past. I mean, who cares, right? Want to build it in an hour, and you know, I could do like eight apps a day then in an eight hour day. That's right. right? That's everybody's new profession right here and now. Yeah, and I know we're we're just we're just teasing with stuff too, but I think it's it's an important topic to talk about. What we're really getting at today, folks out there, is there's a lot of things that just seem difficult. There's a lot of friction in technology when you're building applications, and just getting an app up and running is great, but sometimes you need other services. And it's one of the great things about today is cloud providers. Google, Microsoft's got Azure, uh, Amazon has AWS, and there's plenty of others where they all offer these different services that maybe you know about some of them or maybe you don't, but sometimes these cloud providers are pretty darn good at putting together different services that make deploying apps really cool. And they make it easy. So... We're going to learn more about one of those today as we talk with Katerina. Katerina, welcome back to our show. Um, it's nice to be back. And I think the stakes are high today. I'm already starting to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. I think I definitely know you not well enough to know you can definitely handle this. We've had you in the past and folks, we can drop these links in our show notes. Katarina has talked to us about using Narwhal, uh, their product NX, Lerna. We've talked about Google Maps. We've talked about Firebase. Um, I also know Katarina is really good with things like uh, Angular and React as well. So you've just got a, a huge amount of experience. I'd love to learn more about when you deploy these apps. You, you were talking about Google Cloud, for example. What, um, what are the things that you look for in deploying apps to Google Cloud? Like what, what attracted you to this? Yeah, let me explain. Um, I think about so I've been using I've been using Firebase for lots of years. I, I want to say more than five years, but uh, I've been using the whole Google Cloud Platform solution for the past four years. I would say we were um, in the past job that I was working on. I was working with a client. We were the whole project was built on Google Cloud Platform. And we were using lots of its uh, of its capabilities. And a couple of years ago, again, I I wanted to put a prototype together with a few friends to 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 start creating an application. Again, we chose to go with Google Cloud. I'll start explaining more about it in a bit. And actually, about a month ago, I I wanted to put together a small demo for a friend of mine. Right. 
And the demo was a bit more complicated. I needed to set up some web sockets. I needed to set up some services. And the thing is that, again, I went with Google Cloud because consistently it's the it's this service that's indeed you can really whip up something together in under an hour. And I will start explaining how. Uh, and I don't think it's just because I'm familiar with it, because someone can argue and say, okay, of course you're familiar with it. Is this who you go to? But I do think that the dashboard that it offers and the documentation that it offers is also very easy to for you to get started. Yeah, I can't wait to learn more about it because I know everybody who listens to our show knows that one of my biggest things that I love is a smooth developer experience. So looking forward to learn more about that. But before we do, let's make sure everybody in our audience knows more about Katerina. So Katerina Scrimpolo is a senior software engineer at Narwhal. She works on the NX Core team. She's an open source contributor, a GDE, Google developer expert for Angular, web technologies, and the Google Maps platform. She's also a Women Tech Makers Ambassador, Angular Athens Meetup co-founder, and she mentors women in tech, speaks about the cool things she does, and climbs mountains and serves cats for life. I'm kind of wondering if those last two are done together. Like, do you climb mountains while serving cats? No, no, no. These are two separate things. <laughs> okay, okay. Because now I'm imagining like a cat and mountain climber outfits, you know, going up the mountain with you. But um that would be even more. We could do a whole episode on that. That'd be fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> one of my two cats, I think, could do it. The other one is a bit too fat, so he, he definitely couldn't do it. <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's that's the one that life. needs to climb the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's dive right in. Tell us more about, the, uh, about what attracted you to the Google Cloud experience and why you think this is something others could benefit from. Sure. So, usually... As you, as you said, when we started, and you didn't exactly say that, but maybe you alluded to that, that um, today when you want to start building an application, it's not like, I mean, like 10 years ago or even five years ago. You have to think of a lot of things right now when you start building an application. You, you, want, to, you want to think of, of course, where to host it, and now hosting an application, it's very, very easy, right? You, you don't even have to... to to pay anything, you just go on Heroku or any other service and host application, right? But you usually have to think of authentication and you usually have to think of a service like a backend that's where you will store data. And you may even start thinking of push notifications, right? Because most websites now have push notifications or messaging or different users or having an admin and uh, different user roles and different access uh, levels on your application. And then you even may start thinking of if you have lots of data, are you going to use a, a SQL database? Or even, I don't know, are you going to schedule some tasks? Because right now you, you want to think about backups of your of your data. So if you start putting down the things that you need when starting to build an application, you start with just putting an application online and then you start making this, this big list of the things that you need to, to create to support this application, right? And these are just some of the things that, that pop to mind, right? Hey, Ward, you know, I was building an application the other day and I pulled in this really cool UI component, but it brought along a lot of dependencies with it. How do you deal with that? 
I don't like that, John. Um, it reminds me uh, that the AG grid, which is a uh, an advanced uh, data editable data table that we use in a lot of our enterprise apps because it it addresses the complex scenarios we encounter. Um, AG grid doesn't have any dependencies at all. Zero dependencies. Well, tell me why why is that good? Like, what is the value of having zero dependencies? Well, it's it's wonderful not having to wonder if while I'm pulling that in, I'm also pulling jQuery in or Lodash or who knows what. Uh, in part because that's extra stuff coming over the wire. It's extra files that I don't know what they're all about. Uh, it means when my client security team has to evaluate this, they're evaluating AG Grid and not everything else that might be slipping in under the covers or something that we have to worry about there. You know, it's great to see this day and age, you can have a zero dependency library that does something like complex data grid functionality. So all of you out there, do check out AG Grid at their website at ag-grid.com. Well, g- given that landscape, the the app that you created for your friend in, in an incredible amount of time, can you explain to us what that did and what kind of functionality it had? Uh, sure. It was uh, a quite simple application. It needed authentication, so the users needed to sign in. I need, they would need to fill up their profiles. So I would need to save some, to save some data for their profiles. And they would also, it would also have a WebSocket server for, for providing so, some messaging around. But I also just out of curiosity, because I wanted to try it out because it wasn't really a job. I wanted to also add some push notifications, right? Just because I knew how to do it. <laughs> So was this like a so, chat app or like what was the problem? Sort of like solving? a chat app. Sort of like a chat app. I will not give any more information. <laughs> oh, okay. I, yeah, I don't want you to reveal any secrets. I was just try, trying to figure out like, don't you know, worry. in general yeah. what you were building. Think of so, it in yeah. general like a chat application. Okay. Um, so just these bare minimum things. You need, you, need a, you need a place to store some information about the user. You need some authentication. You need the WebSockets to, to, to send and receive events and bounce events. And you need the push notifications like a cloud messaging thing to, to just notify a user if a new message comes up, right? So that they will open the application. No, no, that, that's great. I, I was just taking notes here on, on the different things you're listing. And, and we don't have to list, um, we, don't have to, we can go into more if you like, but I think you've got a really good starter list here. Let's start, if you don't mind, like talk about authentication, uh, push notifications, hosting the web app, just three of the things that you mentioned, what would you use? Like, what do you recommend there? Yeah, so all of these three things are supported on Firebase. So Firebase, uh, just to to clarify this, Firebase is a part of the Google Cloud Platform. So whenever you create a project on Firebase, you create a project on Google Cloud Platform, which has all the capabilities of Firebase enabled. So Firebase out of the box provides you with authentication. So if you enable authentication in a Firebase application, in a Firebase project, and I will explain what a project and what an application is, when you uh, enable authentication on a Firebase project, you can uh, choose among different sign-in methods and different sign-in providers. So you can choose like uh, an external provider like Google or Facebook, or GitHub, or Apple, or other options. Or you can set up your own email password authentication or through phone, or even allow anonymous users. So all these 
you can just and, and even you can add some custom providers like an open id or a saml authenticator so all of these you just enable them and then you get a key which you you will add to your application eventually and it will be a pre, a very smooth process of uh, of using that key to to reach out to firebase the firebase will do the integration with the provider and provide you back with authentication information right traditionally when i'm thinking about firebase i'm i'm thinking of the mental model of a document database that's available through you know service api calls essentially it sounds like my thinking is somewhat out of date then it sounds like there's there's a lot more available there than than just that indeed so first of all because i left that unanswered before the firebase project is a project you set up uh, which is connected to the google cloud platform and that project you can connect it to different applications you can connect it to a web application to an android application to, to an ios application and all these applications are sort of the the endpoints, let's call them now, which will connect to the Firebase project and get information and share data amongst them. Um, so one thing that Firebase offers, uh, as you know and as you remember, and what it started with was a way to store data, like a database, an online database. Uh, for that, you would have the Firestore or in the past, a real-time database. And this is exactly, we have talked about this before, it's a, it's a NoSQL database where you exactly store data in real time and the data gets updated and all the apps, all the different apps that are connected to the same project have access to the same data instantaneously. At the same time, you can have your authentication providers, which Firebase provides the integration between, between the providers that I explained. But what you also have now, for example, that I use in, in the prototype that I built is the, is the cloud messaging. Uh, the cloud messaging is one extra feature. Uh, the cloud messaging is, is a way to, to manage push notifications uh, for the web platform, right? Um, which again is pretty easy to set up. And when I say it's pretty easy to set up, Firebase I think has very good documentation and it also has a lot of code samples that you can actually uh, copy as they are and use in your applications. This is why it's easy to set up an app in under 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at one of the pictures on one of their Firebase docs and I, I dropped some links into the show notes for folks about some of the things you're mentioning here. When you create a Firebase project and you create apps in there, you can do authentication. Um, you can have data, of course, as, as Craig was mentioning. I think it was one of the first things Firebase had many years ago. Uh, and then you can also have cloud functions and other aspects of your application. So it's kind of like different cloud services all kind of bundled inside of Firebase, but not so many services that you kind of get lost in the store where you know, you're looking at 500 different... That's how I feel sometimes in these large cloud providers, right? They offer 500, if not more services. And you're like, I don't, it's hard to find things. It's like when you walk into a super Walmart, no. And sometimes the names of them are like, what does that do? <laughs> so Firebase is not like that though, right? Like it's a little more um, niche. What I would, I would say it's like, it, it kind of gives you the, the main things you look for when you build an app. Is that kind of what you're telling us? Uh, yes. If you want the more things that you get lost into, it's a Google Cloud <laughs> platform. 
So it kind of sounds like this is more like a, a custom boutique inside of a large store. Yeah, large store being Google Cloud, Firebase is the custom boutique for exactly the things that lots of web developers, our audience, uh, really likes to use. Right? Yeah. Um, so, and the, the good thing about all it being integrated into one is, for example, uh, because you mentioned functions, the Google Cloud functions are actually microservices. They're containerized microservices, which uh, you can you can like write small functions, small services, uh, either in TypeScript, which I use, or I think you can use even Python or other languages, and they run in a container, and you can run multiple instances of them. Uh, simultaneously, you can set up how much memory they use, how many instances you can run at a time. So they're very configurable and they actually work as microservices work in cloud providers, right? But the cool thing is that they have instant access to, to Firestore, like to your data, and they have instant access to your authentication provider, so your user base. And so, Firestore is the data store? Yes, Firestore is the database. Gotcha. So all these microservices connect because they are they live under the same uh, Firebase project. They all have access to to the same data, the same user base, and the same things all simultaneously and all connected, which is very very useful. I think. So you, you've spoken about instant access in a number of different contexts. Yes. Like, what exactly do you mean by that? <laughs> Yeah, like compared what do to what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, what I really meant to say, I think, was that I wanted to stress the real timeness of um, of updating the data. Um, so when I have an application and I make an application connected to a Firebase project and I make a change to the data, I send a message or I change something in my profile. This this change gets uh, gets sent to to cloud Firestore, uh, yeah, to cloud Firestore, and simultaneously, as uh, as simultaneously as it can be, I mean, considering the frictions and everything, um, the same change gets propagated to the other applications that are connected to to the same project. This is what I meant that uh, you have one single. Uh, one single database, which is Firestore, which gets updated in real time, and in real time it sends uh, it sends back the data to all the applications that are connected to it. So I'm trying to think about this in, in terms of application architecture. So I have a an iOS app that's connecting to the database. I have a web app that's connected to the database. So generally, what will happen is those apps will make requests to the database. The database is a source of truth on data. It sounds like what you're saying is it's a little bit different to where maybe there's some messaging that's happening as the data changes, then it's notifying the applications themselves with you know maybe an update message so that they can update the UI proactively or like what what does that look like? The selling point of uh, of cloud Firestore or i or Firebase is the fact that. Uh, a cloud Firestore uses data synchronization to update data on any connected device. And that means that essentially you're listening for real-time updates when you're using Firebase or the cloud Firestore for that matter. So in your application, you're using a function uh, depending on the language you use, maybe it's called on snapshot. And whenever uh, something changes on the on, on cloud Firestore, 
without making a request yourself. It's like an observable and it streams you back the, the, new, the new data. This is what you were asking, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. But you don't have to, to constantly ping for updates that it just feeds back to you. Yeah. Hey, I want to go back to something. I want to circle back to something that Katerina said. First of all, Katerina, like always, you drop about 50 great things on us, and then we talk about one. So I, I want to circle back to one of those other 50 things. You mentioned uh, functions and how they're like they're containerized and uh, how you can set up quotas and sizes and speeds and all that kind of stuff with them and kind of configure them. It's sounding to me like you're really explaining serverless functions yes, to me. Is, exactly. that, is that the right exactly. way to think about it? Yes, yes. It's, okay. the serverless, it's the serverless solution of Google Cloud Platform, the the Google Cloud functions, essentially. Gotcha. And, and uh, if I haven't used them in a while, I think last time I used a Google Cloud, fu- Google Cloud function. <laughs> it's hard to say the word Google for me today. Um, last time I used one was probably a year and a half ago. And I believe when I did this, I didn't, well, I knew containers are being used. I didn't have to know about containers. Is that still the case? Like I don't have to yes. know that there's a Docker container there? Yeah, you don't you don't have to know and you don't have to set it up. You don't have to configure it in any way. It's just it's just there. It's a black box to you. You just set up a function, you deploy it and it it works. If you want something more specific, you can go on Google Cloud Platform console because you have to go on Google Cloud Google Cloud Platform Console to, to <laughs> configure it, and yeah. you can set up the memory, and you can set up the whatever else you want. But if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. Is what right. I mean. And, and I kind of lean there today because while all these uh, large cloud platforms like Google, Microsoft, Amazon, they all give you all the levers if you want to do these things. Uh, today's episode is more about you don't want to have to go and change out your entire engine and your car. You just want the car to drive you to work, right? So that's kind of what we're, we're talking here is I want the easy path to get the things running. And I mentioned this with Google Cloud Functions because one of our other folks on this call who's not me or Katarina knows a little bit about serverless functions on another platform. And I'm kind of wondering what that other person thinks about serverless in these applications. I think it's good. <laughs> I, I like it. I vote for it. <clears throat> I mean, does it make sense to you, Craig, that um, I, I know you're a big functions person and you do a lot of that in your day job. Does it make sense to you that Google would put cloud functions, like their version of what we use, uh, Azure functions and Microsoft, their version of those into a product like Firebase for web developers? Well, I, I think it makes sense for the exact reason that we're talking about. When you go to build any application, there's only a couple thousand decisions that you need to make at any one time. Yeah, if that, yeah. (laughs) Right? And and so if you can get into a position to where a few of those decisions are made for you and they're done in a way who, I'll speak for myself at this point, are done by people who are like ridiculously smarter uh, than than I am, uh, that that gives you a certain amount of uh, confidence and a certain amount of ability to stand on a foundation that you might not otherwise have. And, and I, I think that's what's cool about what we're talking about here is that, yes, all those knobs are available in some place, but if they've already been dialed in to the right spot and that's where you start with, 
that's a huge benefit to an application developer. Yeah, I, I like the way you're describing that. And, and I lean on you in this because I know that you do this far more than I do now. That That's part of your main job <laughs> that you work with. And Katarina, with, with Firebase, when you use functions, sometimes we talk about the features. And so I'm going to ask you, when we talk about the feature like functions in Firebase, you're saying we can use those and they're easy. What are you saying that we would have to use instead? Like what, what pain goes away because you're able to use these? Customizing something. For example, as an alternative, Google Cloud's console provides the Google Cloud Run. The Google Cloud Run is like the, the, the whole serverless solution. You can run containers on a fully managed platform. You can set up your container. You can create a service. You can deploy it. And it will be something that you, that you make from scratch. And you sort of then have to find a way to connect it to Firebase, to find an API key, find a way to connect it to, to, the, to the database or to the authentication, or just sort of write things there from scratch, right? I think what Google Cloud Functions do, they have an abstraction layer. I think, I'm saying I think what, the way I imagine it is there is an abstraction layer. And in the Google Cloud Functions, you are given ready-made trigger points. Like I can, I can attach a trigger point whenever a new user logs in, right? And execute a function then. Or I can attach uh, a trigger point whenever a new a new entry is written in that specific place in my database and trigger something, or when something is edited, or you know. So I have all these ready-made trigger points that are attached to, to my to, to the things that Firebase provides, and I can use them directly as a black box for my cloud function. Are you building a web application? Need to deliver it soon and don't have the people to do it? Maybe you're not sure your company has the skill set or experience to do it. And maybe we can help. I'm your host, Ward Bell, and my day job is building applications for companies like yours. I don't do it alone. I'm president of IdeaBlade, a consultancy that specializes in enterprise web application development. We're particularly strong in Angular, RxJS, NGRx Redux on the front end, and .NET Microsoft technologies on the server. We're a small, tight-knit group of people handpicked by me for their expertise, experience, integrity, and team spirit. Maybe we can help you with architectural guidance and hands-on development. And if there's something we don't know, and in our field, really, there's too much to know, we can draw on our personal connections in the Microsoft RD, MVP, and Google GDE networks, as well as our international circle of really great developers, people we know and trust personally. If you've got a project that's keeping you up at night, Shoot us an email at info at ideablade.com. That's info at ideablade.com. And now back to the show. Katarina, I want to switch gears one more time. Something else you've mentioned, I think by my count, seven times already, and we have not asked you about deeper, is something that gives me great pain personally. Yes. Authentication. You keep okay. saying authentication is easy. Authentication. You just set up authentication, you go. Tell me more <laughs> about this. I need it. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Authentication. <laughs> so the way that I think Firebase makes authentication easy is that Firebase takes care of the integration with the external providers, right? So again, it's a black box. I don't know how it connects to Google. I don't know how it connects to Facebook. I don't know how it connects to Apple. I just 
give it my credentials, it does its magic of authenticating them, and I get back an okay or a not okay, right? If it makes sense. And because it's uh, it's all sort of um, integrated into Firebase, it's the syntax would still be the same if I were using, I guess there would be a little bit of a difference, but overall the syntax would be the same whether I was using Google, Facebook, or Apple as a provider, for example. So this is what I meant, that it provides sort of a shell around these and just gives me back uh, an okay or a not okay. Do, do you know off the top of your head what what's coming back with that claim? Are you getting, you know, full name, email address, unique identifier? I know for Google, for example, that you get you can get back the profile of the user, like the I mean the the name or whatever the user has chosen to share in their public profile, like their name and their email and maybe any other like their their profile image, for example. I'm not sure what it gives back to the other providers, but it's some sort of something like that. Name, email, in profile, photo. So what about deployment? There, there's probably got to be a million different options available to you once you've built something. What's that story like for you? Yes. So uh, the thing that I like about Firebase and use it for deployment is because it's all in the same environment. And for example, when I set up Firebase using the Firebase console in my in the in the application that I'm building, you just have a Firebase.rc file, for example, and it has there the the hosting. Uh, you have the hosting options like the name of your project, and you sign into the to the Firebase CLI. And you add your credentials, you connect it to a Firebase project, and then you do Firebase deploy and it will deploy. And it's sort of that smooth. Um, the deployment, the hosting, the, the Firebase, the hosting that Firebase offers. Um, I would say that if you host it under its uh, under a .web.app domain, which is Firebase's domain, like Katerina.web.app. I would say that it's quite cheap. I don't even know if it's free for a certain quota. Um, so it's uh, it's sort of a smooth way to set it up because of that, because you have the Firebase CLI, because you have like an out of the box Firebase RC that has everything um, everything already set up and you just type Firebase deploy and it gets deployed to this uh, to this link, which also, in my opinion, does not look very bad either. Like a .web.app link is not that bad looking, like uh, something more. It could be know? worse, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 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 in that vein, how easy or hard is it to apply your own custom domain name? I would say that it's uh, as easy or as difficult as any other service, in my opinion. Um, for example, I'm using... A, <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's the same thing. You have the A-hosts or the whatever, so I don't know what they're called, and you go to your domain provider and you have to do this up. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it's easier but or it's harder But is it a wrapped-up experience other. or is it more of a manual type of thing? It's, it's, a, it's a manual type of thing. It's not wrapped <laughs> One thing that is not wrapped. 
<laughs> yeah. Setting up custom domains just seems like one of those things. Well, I do think it has gotten a little easier. Like these days, at least the cloud providers will tell you what records you have to create. And in some cases, they'll even tell you, look, if you're using one of these top three providers for DNS, here's the steps you go to on their screens, but you still have to go to their third-party site and figure out. And then they get that wonderful message of, it may be 48 hours, Craig, before you can actually see your domain working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, and I think this is an opportunity for for all the players because, you, you know, when trying to build guidance around domain names is, is really tough. And every domain provider treats things just a little bit differently. You know, an A record works in this one one way and it might not work in a different, different way. Uh, so just being able to make that easier, I think, would help. But it's good to know that um, it seems like everybody else isn't missing out on something really obvious if, if Firebase hasn't been like, oh, yeah, like this is super easy. Like, just do that type of thing. But it does look like Firebase. Uh, by the way, I dropped in the pricing list for Firebase. And on here, while, while I went here looking for pricing, what I really found was this is actually a nice list of here's all the features you get from Firebase <laughs> on their pricing page. And I'm looking at this thinking about things like Azure Static Web Apps for Microsoft or Netlify or Heroku or Vercel or Amplify, um, different ways you can deploy apps. And one of the things I think is interesting is they've got here uh, a connection directly for custom domains and SSL. Like you get that for free out of the box. And they do have like certain limits. Uh, it's like, for example, storage is is 10 gig and 360 meg per day for data transfer. But here's the cool part. Everybody's starting to get into things like AI and ML on the web, uh, all these big cloud providers. And the stuff you can do specifically with AI that I love, like um, cloud vision, you're starting to see now that like some of these cloud providers like Firebase are offering cloud vision APIs in Firebase. Now they're doing it at a cost, uh, looking at their cloud vision pricing, but I think it's really cool. That like if you're building a web app, you could start using like AI in your web app using Microsoft, Amazon, Google. And I don't think that I I know it's been there for a bit, but that wasn't there years ago when we were building a lot of these web apps. It's like you want to put AI in your app, it was a completely separate experience. Yeah. So I'm just fascinated with all the things that you can do with with Firebase these days. And the first time I heard about Firebase was a decade ago. And they were a database, basically, <laughs> for the web. So it's come a long way. And I'm sure now that you, you are going through this list, the pricing list, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of things like analytics, crash analytics, A-B testing. And the interesting thing is that all these things, you can export them to BigQuery. So all this, so of course, yeah. when you look them into Firebase, you, you see them in graphs and you see them in, in already created um, visuals for you. However, if you want your raw data, you can export this raw data into BigQuery, which is actually a SQL database and create your own queries or uh, handle it however you want to, and make your own analysis out of the uh, out of the raw data of all these analytics that Firebase offers, which I think is it's, it's pretty great, actually, to be honest. That's really good to know. I, I didn't pick up on that, but I'm glad you shared that. There's there's quite a bit here that you can actually do. Hey, Katerina, it's been really great talking with you today about Google Cloud and Firebase. And as always, you start off on one topic and then you leave us wanting 10 more. So um, 
we'll again have to invite you back some point to, to follow up on some of these too, if you're open for it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's always great to hear from you. And I know our audience loves hearing from you. Some of your episodes are some of the most listened to episodes that we have out there. So appreciate you coming on. And uh, I believe this might even be your fourth episode with us over the four years. Yeah, four We're years. We have to get our existence. web rush jacket next. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. five-timer club or something. Or maybe her cats. We'll have to get her cats some, some web. Oh, I have access to cats. That's not a problem. <laughs> Craig, you know something about cats, don't you? A little bit. <laughs> My wife runs a cat rescue, so. Oh, that's so good. Yep. Craig's family is awesome at uh, the cat rescue, so. We should actually drop a link in there to the to the uh, the Instagram page sometime, Craig. There's, yeah, there's quite okay, a bit. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah you should do that. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, okay, I won't I won't go down that road too far, but I want to make sure that we we call out that how grateful we are that we have you on this show, Katarina. You've just been really awesome to listen to. So thank you. Thank you. And we'd like to wrap up our episode with a final thought for our audience, Mister Shoemaker. What are your final thoughts today? Wolves. 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 Okay, so Heidi and I, uh, <laughs> we wait, wait. celebrated. Who's Heidi? Who's Heidi? My wife, my wife. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> this will make sense in a second when I say the rest of the sentence. Celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. And for that event, uh, I got us like an, uh, an experience. Uh, there's this place in Colorado where you can go to a wolf rescue area. And we got to pet wolves and feed wolves. And the wolf that was like in our uh, little area, he was the coolest thing because he would take his arm and he'd bump up against you and then you'd scratch underneath his, his belly and stuff. And it was, uh, it was a whole lot of fun. So wolves. There's, there's a lot there that I, I didn't know where that was going. Um, <laughs> I heard we went to wolves. I'm like, are you going to be chased by them? Is this like what the most dangerous game, like that book? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I'm left with thinking about this wonderful commercial from Outpost.com in the early 2000s. I'm just going to drop this video in for everybody. It was a commercial where they unleashed a pack of ravenous wolves on a marching band. And that's all I'm going to say. You, you need to watch this. It's a 30-second video, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> but it's congratulations on your wedding anniversary, Craig and Thank Heidi, you. too. I appreciate that. And I'll put a link into the place where we went where there's actually nice wolves. Nice wolves. Nice should, wolves. Yeah. Yes. Lead in with nice wolves next time. That's good. <laughs> Katarina, what are your final thoughts for our audience today? Um, my final thoughts are about cats, since we're saying animals. Um, I was uh, observe I'm observing my cats these days. So I took my cat to the dentist on Monday because he had some some issues and he had he needed a, a tooth cleaning. So, and the dentist put something on his cheek. So it's still, even though I've cleaned it a lot of times, it still smells like a thorium, the thing that the dentist puts on you. So the other cat sort of uh, shuns the, the cat that smells like the dentist, you know, he sort of, shh, he sort of doesn't <laughs> like him. And I've been observing my parents' cats as well. And one of the cats was a bit ill, so... He was uh, at the doctor's as well, and he st he smells like medicine as well. So the other cat, again, shuns him away. So I have two cats that were in the doctor, and their brothers don't want them because they smell bad. So I, 
I was expecting better of cats. I was expecting cats to be more supportive <laughs> of their family members, but they are not. If they smell bad, they don't want you. This sounds like a new streaming service idea for Netflix. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, whenever we have cats that get fixed and they come back, it's totally the same behavior. They hiss at them and yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll follow the same thing. Final thoughts today. Uh, I have a dog and I'm going to go with well-behaved animals, not cats. Um, I have two cats and they're not well-behaved, <laughs> but I have a dog who is well-behaved. His name is Oliver and he is a Cavapoo. And I dropped a link into what that is. It's a mixed breed. And Oliver has two things he loves in this world. One is attention. And if I'm the only one left in the house, he will run into my home office where I work. He will jump on my lap and he is part of most of my video calls. In fact, I'm, I'm surprised he's not part of this podcast right now. The second thing he loves, and I have to say this quietly, he loves the word Starbucks. When he hears me say the word Starbucks, he perks up, jumps off of wherever he is, runs to the door because he thinks he's going to Starbucks to get what's called a puppuccino which is, if you haven't discovered it, it's basically a small cup of whipped cream that they give to dogs for free. Um, and my dog is addicted to going to Starbucks just as much as I am. So that is my final thought today since we're sharing wonderful animals, wolves, cats, and dogs. Um, one of these is not like the others, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, y'all, thank you so much for coming on to the episode today. And thank you, everybody, for listening to yet another week of WebRush. Uh, learned a lot today about Firebase and Google Cloud Platform and building apps. And thank you for our sponsors for keeping us on the air, for Narwhal, for AG Grid, and for IdeaBlade. And thank you, Craig, for being a co-host, the host with the most, all these episodes. See you all next time, folks. <laughs>